Now, at the most, you're going to have two hours before the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines move in and make you put it back. Who mentioned anything about removing it? Did you live enough for you? You plan to break into the world's largest bank, but not to steal anything. Why? Go on, Mr. Bond. Mr. Ling, the red Chinese agent at the factory. He's a specialist in nuclear fission. But of course, his government's given you a bomb. I prefer to call it an atomic de device. It's small, but particularly dirty. Cobalt and iodine? Precisely. Well, if you explode it in Fort Knox, the uh, entire gold supply of the United States will be radioactive for 57 years. 58, to be exact. I apologize, Goldfinger. It's an inspired deal. They get what they want, economic chaos in the West, and the value of your gold increases many times. I conservatively estimate ten times. The Nightfly Podcast with Dave Joskow, your friend, your pal, and the best podcast in the history of podcasting. And here we are in a special edition of the Nightfly here in Jersey City, another in a series of Jersey podcasts for the first time ever, Jersey City, with our very good friend and my, the best friend I've ever had. <laughs> I, I, for uh, so many doc. years, I relish the compliment. <laughs> and that's, that it's happening in Jersey City. Lawrence Lerman, everybody. Lawrence Dave, H. I'm Lerman. so thrilled to be here. <laughs> Honestly, I could say this to you, and all, looking across the table, I'm so thrilled to be doing this. It's been it's, a long a long time coming. It's exciting. Um, you're an interesting person. You should have been on the podcast a lot sooner. You're absolutely right. You have a lot of interesting things to say, especially about this kind of podcast where we talk about movies and TV and the like and the six million dollars. You know, to tell you the truth, I always thought from uh, as we were saying before, I think this is you're coming up on having completed four years. It's going to be four years know, of podcast. I can't imagine it's been four years. It is. It started. I think you started around September uh, 2014. Um, I, I mean, it's easy to check. But I always thought that the check. I would have some sort of like Bob Hope-like status where I know it's not live, <laughs> but that I, I could, well, well, it's Lawrence Lerman is joining us in the studio, and they would play thanks for the memories or something uh, like that. Well, you know, we, you, it's very rare when we have walk-ins. Uh, the idea of it, though, you know, it brings back the, the old field. The you old know, Carson I mean, show. I have my, uh, you know, the Just Out compound where we usually tape, and, uh, you know, the doorman keeps most people out. <laughs> what what percentage of the shows? You said you're coming up on 200 shows. What percentage of them are in the compound? Are, I know you're on the road a lot oh, lately in Jersey, on the I coast. I think 90%. Oh, that many? Oh. Yeah, okay. maybe 95. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, it's I, very rare when I go out of town, and now you can see why there's, like, a buzzing or so. You know, it's, and you see all the equipment I have. I mean, it's like it's... It's hard to carry around. I could probably do it better, but this is the way I do it. Well, I like you, but you were so adept at setting it up. I I just thought it was like you know the mobile the mobile show. I really thought it. Well, was... Well, I try uh, and make it a mobile show, but uh, this is the best I can do. Several states. I mean, but I think most podcasts have like just a bunch of wires and nonsense happening and stuff. But I know Marina, like I think she just tapes on this little 
Tascam. That's all it takes. But I don't like that. It doesn't seem very professional enough. No, you, know, when you, you got when a board and you got yeah, you, you got, got the mixing mics. board and everything where I can uh, I can do. I think what am I always trying to do this? Uh, is this what? Wait, wait, where can I? Oh, I never know. Oh, it's this, and then I can do. Uh, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, hey, hey. This is the devil. Is hey. that one of your old bits? Yeah, the devil. But then I got the auto tuner. <laughs> Give me some slack. It's like a journey through the past. It's, uh, what? Oh, it's <laughs> Lawrence, this is a vast place you have here. <laughs> this is like doing acapella in the men's room. Wait, it's unbelievable. This this place is spacious. Oh my God. It's uh, but yeah, we are taping, recording today in your lovely house. Yeah, I've been here for almost five years. Yeah, I've been here four that and a half the, years. Uh, now. As you say, who who paid for it? Who paid for the, it? Then you say the cat. I'm saying. Yeah, there's the hat. This is the cat. The house that the cat built. Yeah, this is uh, the house of Homer. We like to call it. Lawrence's Rest wife uh, wrote a best-selling book. On uh, her blind, no, her cat with no eyes. No eyes is blind. correct. Not blind. Born with no eyes. And, um, you know, paid for a little life of luxury. It was, uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a pretty it's penny. Uh, almost 10 years ago now, the time she flies. Oh, God. Uh, is that 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's hard to believe. And now she's, uh, it's coming up on the 10-year anniversary of the book, and they're planning all sorts of reissues oh, and everything like well, that. that's good. That sounds good. She's I in- smell money. Yeah, what, what do you smell, money? That's money. from uh, author, author. I Sorry, was thinking of The Color of Money. Yeah, I've uh, never seen that. Uh, well, it was a lesser Scorsese, as it were. You know, I was thinking, just looking at you setting up the stuff and then doing some minor research um, on being on the show, I was thinking that you and I could always talk about anything. That's easy enough. But the whole idea of podcasting and its growth over the last 10 years, I was reading there are approximately 200,000 English language podcasts. Really? Yeah. 200, that's a lot. And they're saying there's about 400,000 plus in the world. Oh. And I think it's, I I don't want to turn around and start asking you questions immediately, but you've been doing this for almost four years. Yeah, I guess. And uh, you are a performer and a writer. Well, you you don't have to do air quotes when you say that, Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) But so you've put many hours into this. Yes. And you've done a lot by yourself. You do some with guests. Yeah, I usually do. One by myself and then one with guests because Jessica Pilot's mom doesn't like when I have guests on. Um, I think it's great. No, you're to like, give well, I don't know who Jessica Pilot is. I'm like, you don't understand. Her mom is a very avid listener. She, she gets, would take me to the pilot if I remember. She correctly. no, she gets very angry. Like she, she knows that. Like I thought it was a joke when Jessica, who's like 32, told me her mother likes the podcast because she had her on once, whatever. And then she goes, "Can you tell him to play this more?" He's like stopped playing it, which is the. Big John, Little John team. I even heard a couple of these. Well, remember your mother uh, was uh, was fucking this guy, right? Uh, this is Herb Abelman. I can't believe your mom fucked Big John. This is unbelievable, folks. As you know, and we're planning on having Robbie Riss on this show. Planning. We could say your mom fucked Big John. <laughs> I'd have to say unequivocally. I don't know if she would like it. This is, folks. This is unbelievable. I can't believe I totally forgot about this. I'd like to remember his work with Neil Simon and the Golden Girls more than this. But he did ask your mom to marry him, no? As far as the Lerman oh my God. goes, yeah. Or so we're told. The thing that makes him shrink. Now, even when he's little John, he never knows just when. Zap, he'll change and rearrange, and he's Big John again. <laughs> You know, when you rely on audio effects, the audience might, <laughs> might be thinking... That's what it's come to. He's, going to, the, he's I, going to the echo chamber. <laughs> so, so, so I, Wait a minute. 
your mom <laughs> she, I, fucked I, you know, Herb Edelman. I assumed that this would come up at one point. I didn't think I this forgot. Would be, I didn't think you would do this to cook the viewers earlier on. I, well, this is a big deal for our show. Oh, I'm telling tells, you, Robbie Riss said he would do the show, but I just have to do it in L.A. So we're planning on having him on. And then I would say, you know, my friend's mom fucked uh, your co-star, Big John. You know, <laughs> the funny thing oh, behind the, the Big Johnness of it is she met him. Oh. Uh, through her first cousin, who she used to, who's a buddy of hers, who was married to an actor, and she said that being involved in the early '60s acting scene, knowing Herb Edelman and going to actors' parties with these strange New York actor types, was a very memorable, colorful experience. Oh, this she told me not the sex stuff as much. I thought you were going to say that her friend said, "I know the guy." That created the role of the telephone repairman in uh, the Prisoner of Second. No, no, Barefoot in the Park. Barefoot in the Park. That was his breakthrough. I thought role. that's what she got. Now I don't know if you're interested, but this guy created the role of the telephone repairman. Well, my mother Am I heard interested. It she thought she meant Redford. Uh, Redford. Oh, <laughs> but, right. Uh, no, well, no, he's not, good. Not the lead guy. Yeah, who would have thought that too? I uh, just, uh, yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that. How did you? I thought that that was what you were thinking about when you were driving. No, I knew this was going to come up. I wasn't. I just was. It's just so weird. You. It's your fault. You mentioned the previous podcast, and then it all just hit my head. This I is the just, connections I make on the show all the time. Well, you've had an array of people, and I just think it's funny that. Well, I never know, have. I never actually have the people on the show. You know, I have like the friends of Harold Ramis's daughter, you know, our, our dear friend, the dentist on the Jersey Shore. Yeah, one of his great claims to fame, which I always love, is that. <laughs> he slept at once with a girl who slept with Peter Frampton. Oh, that's a big <laughs> deal. Th- for 10 years, it was a big deal. We talked about it all oh, the time. Oh, is that uh, that girl from Michigan or something? Uh, no, no, no. This oh. was way back then, way back when. We didn't know her at all. But I thought, always thought just was We always used to hear, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> I, uh. I, I, this is what happens. Because Lawrence, it was roommates, you know, with Dave Elliott. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go in that direction. You know, Dave Elliott left me a, uh, sent me a text the other day saying that he'd done the show with you and that you had mentioned me. And he said something along the lines of, "Oh, you, we we talked about you and your mom and and Edison. You'd love it." So I had I didn't listen to. No, it it's actually we talked of you glowingly. As a matter of fact, that's what we were talking about. And you and I talked about this already with that Margaret Trigg girl <laughs> and how you strong armed her into not living her dream. I hope you're happy with I, yourself. I, I, I think you published that article. There's going to be a heads to roll. You understand what I'm saying I think to you? Now, given time and perspective, I think now it would come off much more like a real homage to that kind of '90s act. You know what? That's so easy to say, but you ruined that girl's <laughs> dreams. And Larissa so... Gutmanis. Yeah, and um, I love that name. Um, that's funny. Um, wait, I have to ask you. How you told me that she asked? Do you know a guy named Lawrence Lerman? Yeah, she didn't come to this without any clue that you knew me. She must absolutely have not. At, why would she know? Oh, my, you're saying she looked at me and said, "Here's another Jew." He yeah, probably knows. I was going to say, "How come does on. she?" Like, you must know the other Jewish guy I know in New York. Wait, I'm looking for. I thought I had. Uh, yeah, I thought I had that. Uh, the scene where, uh, damn it, you know, like one of these. She'd throw it all away just to make me look ridiculous. (laughs) And a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. I thought I had the the one where he goes, now you listen to me, my (laughs) crap, big friend. I'll make so much trouble for you, your head is, but that's what you basically Uh, did to this poor girl. I told her. Who was just trying to, you know, tell the story about, you know, kind of a Me Too movement kind of thing. And he strong-armed it. I don't think it was a Me Too movement. The way she describes it is you're like, now you listen to me and you listen good. <laughs> I, I think I, I don't remember Give Johnny Fontaine the part in that film. <laughs> I just thought 
but like you're a classy, nice woman, and why do you want to like all of a sudden dig up the freshly buried bones? And that's what we were talking situation. about. So your mother put that in your head because your mother yelled at me about the same thing, and she put it in your head. And, you know, your mother is very influential over all of us. This is what we also talked about, too. That's the reason I went to Ithaca College. It's all your that mother's was a good doing. Move. That was a smart move. Where well, that's also probably Bridgeport. the reason. It was going to be Bridgeport or Ithaca. And, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, that. Bridgeport. God, enough said. But that's why, well, that's why Lisa Weinberg made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I believe your mother even said, what are you doing? Getting married so young. I think your mother like was very opinionated, and she was always good at saying what she wanted, which I like. I need somebody to tell me what to do. I've messed up my entire life. <laughs> yeah, you haven't. You have messed up. You just haven't. You haven't taken the right advice at the right time. I, well, I don't like trust you, my mother or, or you know Rhoda. Well, I think right now the the again. I'm not trying to make it about podcasting, but the podcasting seems to be a really great. Well, I've always wanted to be on the radio, you know, so, you know, I've always just wanted to be on the radio and be like Howard or whatever. I mean, that's why I was always interested. I mean, I just like talking. But it's for hours. such a regular good, like. <laughs> and that's it, why, I mean, I really rarely miss a week. You know, I both the only times I don't do shows are Memorial Day and Labor Day, unless July 4th comes out when I put it out on a Tuesday. So then I won't. I'll take a week off then. But mostly I never I took. I took a couple weeks off when my cat died because I was I couldn't. All do right, that's good fair, fair enough. And I do have a lot of podcasts where I'm suicidal, <laughs> so I can't do that every week. You know, I try and do you really? Up, do you really get very emotional at times? I do, I do. But I get. That, but I that's come what out I was and, asking. It's a good. It's made you. It's it works it's for like you in a way you hadn't prepared for that. You weren't ready. You want to come on and talk about movies and make jokes with friends, and I would think that this has been an effect that you weren't prepared for. It's a little bit therapeutic in a way as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. It's like having a therapist, which also I've been trying to get a therapist and they're so mean and greedy and they're horrible people and they don't take insurance. Well, if you get one in the insurance system, you know, they're not, my mother is going through that. She goes through them like water because she only goes with the ones that are handled by blue cross, blue shield or Medicaid. And they're exactly what you'd expect. Or do you want to get in your pocket for $400 an yeah. hour? No, it's horrible. I um sorry I can still hear that tone it's bothering me but I'm not sorry, it's not bothering me crazy I mean it's just I tell I you know my my audience knows what a stickler I am for detail and good podcasting you pointed that out to me once when you <laughs> said listen to this I I played someone else's podcast for you a bit and you said that sounds terrible and I said I thought it sounds okay and then you played yours this was like three years ago well it's like when we did turbocharge the the cars movie I'm unfamiliar which, with it uh, ah turbocharge I am familiar. <laughs> I'm sorry um. Who did you play in it? I was the guy that I had two roles. I was uh, Tessio. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I came in and recreated that's one right. of the three Godfather. I was nervous. I was nervous. I had the cake. I was nervous. I came in. <laughs> and I introduced. I had another role where I wore a different outfit and sunglasses. Oh, that's right. Where I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, the music of Cap and Swing." Right, and you got it wrong, like our name wrong, right? Uh, not no, for you. That was in the script. I don't to, to have the wrong name. I like don't swinging cap or something, you know, like because that's you know that's always the funny gag, like in Spinal Tap, you know, like and now <laughs> Spinal right. Terp uh, was it? Uh, I mean, that's always going to be a great. See, gag. I remember more the Tessier role because there were a lot of people on stage when I walked in and hey, 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 hey. That's that right. Great. We ended the uh, thing with the Godfather. Well, we're still trying to get it on Netflix um, and do some or whatever. I'm still trying to put it out, there's, but you can. So there's, there's so a, outlets a, for it. a podcast called Night Spots. I always get it wrong with this guy Dave and Donna, and they do a Cars podcast. So I sent it. I sent them the movie because you know they were like, you, "We have nothing else to talk about. We've we've been doing the podcast for five days now." And no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone over all the albums, and, it, and we don't know what else to do. Uh, no, I, I'm kidding. But um, they're really nice, and he sent me a mug with his um, 
podcast on it and stuff. It's really, he seems like I think a it's nice great guy. that you don't just focus. I, I see these podcasts that do the same thing every week. They choose another movie. They choose another. Yeah, subject. no. I, well, that's the problem is people say you don't have a plan. Like you don't have a thing. I, but I'm like, well, this is my podcast. I mean, I could do another podcast and just talk about certain things. But I like to. T- I like to have everything. I like. We had Larry Moss on once with Vincent. That's right. You know, I, I never so we have this that, acting yeah. teacher on. Then you have, you know, Harold Ramis's daughter. Then I'm going to have this. Uh, this Paul Pope who writes Batman. And uh, anyway, I've Batman. had uh, Chris Regan on, you know, for Family that's Guy right. and we stuff like that. And yeah, um, I, I like the, the want to mix it all up. It. You know, I think that's what works, though. That's oh. what I think. But other people don't feel that way. But they like they like podcast. podcasts that are this. We're talking about murder mysteries today or, you know, we're solving a crime or, you know, we're interviewing such and such. That's why I don't like to have guests sometimes, because like all the podcasts always have guests. You know, and they flooded out all the comics and stuff. So sometimes, I mean, I just, I wanted to see like Mike Francesa from WFAN. You know, I wanted to see if I could do it by myself. And I like just talking about, what are you doing? No, I'm just taking this out of my pocket. Are those my Tums? Pocket. Yeah, this is You Tums. still carry Tums with you in your pocket even when you're have, at home? No, I have This is the old pair of shorts. I just put them on. I was That's just, unbelievable. I mean, I you've been eating Tums since the day that I met you, but, yeah, I, but uh, I just didn't think you'd have it in your pocket no, at your home in your pocket. pajamas. I, I, I didn't realize they were in my pocket. That's, that's why I was taking them out mm. of my pocket. I didn't realize I had them Also, in my Lawrence is ironically, even though he poo-poos it, but he makes the best pina colada, pina coladas ever. Uh, how do you say uh, pina colada in Spanish? Pina uh, so. colada. <laughs> I believe how do you say is. banana daiquiri? Banana daiquiri. <laughs> I think um, it's banana daiquiri. But you make the best ones, and you've been doing it since you lived on 2nd Avenue and 27th Street when you had this beautiful terrace where everybody used to go to party. That's correct. And you always say, like, it's really not that big a deal, but I don't want to know because it's delicious. So we were having frozen pina coladas, and they are delicious. I think and the virgin pina coladas are actually my favorite drink. A ver- well, I sort of... Uh, I mean, I like up. it with the rum, too, but this, you know, this is, I think this is the first time I've ever drank and done the podcast, even though, you know, it's a small amount of liquor, but it, it which is perfect. On a nice hot day. I mm-hmm. think it, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, all it's right. not as hot as it was before. When you, I know you turned the air conditioner off, but um, maybe I was just panicking well, about around, that sound you're not or whatever. <laughs> Your temples, I see, aren't sweating. The way yeah, no, I'm before. very comfortable right now. I thought it was going to get worse, but I, you know, where I'm hot, I have to turn the air conditioner off in my own house too, and I always feel bad again when I have these guests that I don't know. You know when I meet these people for the first time, like the guy who runs the uh, Carnies. Remember I told you about that guy, the Character Actor Awards. Oh the my Carnies. god, yeah, that was in December. So yeah, and he, uh, he came on to promote the Carney Awards. Uh, Alice and Janney. That was uh, an unfinished story. Whatever happened with those? Is this the first, second, third year? Of third these? year, yeah. So next year will be the fourth year, and I'll try and have him on again. Does he get? Does he get some interest in these? Does he? Get I have no idea. Does... I really don't know. It's on Cozy TV. You know, if you can find that channel, I know where it is because I watched the Bionic Woman on were Sunday night. They were showing <laughs> interest in Turbocharge. I believe they were not. <laughs> oh well, that's what I wanted to tell you about Turbocharge. Is that when I when Memo and I first put it together, I said, you know. I don't know how to make a movie, but I know that I would care more about the sound than the lighting because if it if the sound isn't crisp and clear, it sounds like a porno it's, and or, it looks it unprofessional. Like the lighting, right. that not so as much. But if you have crystal clear, clear sound and not and the lighting isn't that good, it still looks professional. It looks like we went for that lighting on purpose. <laughs> but if the sound is wrong, you just look like an asshole. And how many? I agree with that. Kids, the kids these days. They're doing the telephone things. No, but when they put stuff on YouTube and they say we're doing this episodic thing, and I see, I see girls acting reels, and I'm like, they put things that they're in, and I'm like, are you kidding? The, just by the sound quality alone, I wouldn't hire you because you're not a professional. I'd rather 
you just put pictures up and meet you or something. I I mean, I guess it's maybe I'm just being. I think also they they are not nearly as they come from a a rawer, more raw video and audio world these days where everything is done instantaneously and on the fly, and they don't think. But I'm with you. There's got to be polish at a certain level. I think it's interesting that turbocharge. I was going to say, in a sense, captures the entire history of the audio digital revolution. You made the film, and I said we should put it on Super Eight. Never got around Super Eight. I think maybe we should, on, we should put it on VHS. You should distribute oh. it on DVD. Let's try Blu-ray. Oh, I Let's see. put it on streaming. And now here we are. And now you're going to get it on one of these. Well, that's the problem services. is that even the stuff we shot it on is so old-fashioned. We can't edit it because it's on this. It's as system. if it's like on floppy disk, and we can't get it off. It's it's really difficult. I don't know. I saw New Jack City. I bumped into it the other day on VHS. On, uh, no, exactly. I, I should have. No, I'm one of the um, on Tubi, another station that has a billion movies. Oh, you just reminded me too. I forgot to ask that girl to she, um, Violet Ramis. She autographed my copy of her book, but I I had her dad autograph a copy of Groundhog Day on VHS. You had wow. Yeah, Lisa Ullman got it for me. She was working for him. Oh, that's great. And uh, and I should have had her do it too, which would have been way cool, but I forgot. A generation. Although I, I'll see her again. Well, I saw this. I saw when they were busting the big dealers in New Jack City, they were all ejecting the giant floppy disks. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right. That was like, were, what, 87? And is right Chris Rock 80, in that? Yeah, young Chris Rock Shit. is a crack addict. But it's amazing how we're so far past any kind of disc at this point. Now it's yeah. the cloud. It's as it's as existential. Oh, that's as the can thing. Be. The guy, um, the the guy Dave from the cars thing. He's like, here's here's my mailing address. You know, he's like, send me a disc. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that anymore. So I send it through the through the internet. I mean, it's just like I don't know. That's he still those flash drives. Like, I mean, I would put it out on DVD, but nobody. Most people don't even have a DVD player anymore. This computer doesn't have a DVD no, player. It's a, it's a new world. I you know they say you're supposed to back things up and everything. I'm I'm a big believer in when you're writing, send it to yourself on email because it will be because Gmail is always if you have Gmail for example, it's always there in terms of saving material. You have to talk into the microphone. I'm sorry. How do you not know that? I was like, well, was you, who are you talking to? It's like you know, there's a microphone in front of you, and he's talking on the side. Am I? <laughs> No, I thought it was a, cap- a lavalier, Mike. Right? I thought it was. Uh... But it's funny that you're like telling me something private, almost. You're like, like you're holding the mic, like they sent it in, was like it, Senator Geary. Does it sound that bad? Was it? I thought that my voice. No, was no, carrying. no. It was just. It does, but it was just funny that you. It, like I don't know. I'd never seen anybody do that before. It was like funny. I was doing like Frank Capicella. Now well, the, and they're uh, rounding the seventeenth turn. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, here it is. Um, <laughs> all these clips that we love. I'm going to find out what that hell happens here. <laughs> This committee is now adjourned. The witness is excused. Senator, Senator, this committee owes an apology. This committee owes an apology. Apology, Senator. I, I don't think he ever got that apology. Not even close. I always felt bad the about Senator that, had too. those glasses. I'm going to find out I'm what gonna, that hell is well, going Well, that's on. what, oh, here, this is the part. We have here, finally, a witness that will further testify to Michael Corleone's rule We have it. We have. Empire that it's signed up today. We have it. Country. Perhaps another time. This witness has had no buffer between himself and Michael Corleone. Oh, you're talking about his father. But that was a long time ago. To recommend a charge of perjury against Michael Corleone. Senator, thank you, Mr. Pentangeli. Mr. Pentangeli. Very naturalistic actors. They don't even seem like actors. You a member of the Corleone family? Did you serve oh, the capital regime? I love you. Peter Clemenza? 
I don't know nothing about Godfather. Also known as the Godfather. I don't know nothing about the Godfather. Me and Artie must have gone through this a thousand times. I don't know nothing about it. Michael Gaza. He's a writer, too, right? He wrote a half full of rain. Well, I know Beth, Beth Tapper was in that. That's right. That's right. Mr. Pendangeli, you, uh, you are contradicting a sworn statement. You we have it. Made we have it right here. I ask you again, sir. Here and now, under oath, were you at any time a member of a crime organization headed by Michael Corleone? I don't know, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I was in the olive oil business with his father, but that, that was a long time, time ago. ago. That's all. That's all. We have a sworn affidavit. We have it. We have it. We have it. Your sworn affidavit that you murdered on the orders of Michael Corleone. Do you deny that confession? And do you realize what will happen as a result of your denial? Look, the FBI guys, they promised me a deal. So I, so I made up a lot of stuff about Michael Corleone because that's what they wanted. But, but it was all lies. Uh, everything. And I kept saying... That's why I would like to get that um, guy that plays his brother if I ever go to jail. I would just get that guy <laughs> to show up, that actor. <laughs> show right? up at the Can you um, <laughs> tell us who that gentleman is in the back? Oh, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> uh, Will he come forward to be sworn, sir? <laughs> his uh, reputation is impeccable. <laughs> He is, I believe, Eddie Santangeli. It's his brother, I believe. Frankie Five Angels. Mm. And when I say if that ever happens, when it happens, because as you know, you bailed me out of jail more than more than once. I was prepa- I was waiting there with the cash, but I didn't I have to bail you out. Well, that's because we had a good attorney. When was that? What year? How long ago was I that? I feel like that was like seven years ago because I, when I was in jail that day, I was thinking I go to jail every fifteen years. So I'm almost due again, but it's been like seven or eight years, I think. And the previous, from 15 years prior to that, was was for what? Uh, I was in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, I think uh, there was a driving situation. I sort. remember I, that now. I remember. Okay. I, I asked them if they knew Joe, Joe Salavi, and then they just put me, they threw, threw away the key. <laughs> and before that, was it? When you were at the light at Route 1? Yeah, yeah, with the gun. And that yeah. was what year? Like 1980? 82. Oh, my God. 82, because the first year I was driving. And I thought uh, it'd be hilarious to wave a gun around at some lady who cut me off. Yeah, and then they were waiting for you at the house. It'll be great if you ever do hard time. Well, because I was over your time. house when we heard that the cops were over yeah, my house. Yeah, yeah, you were, t- yeah, you were I'm there. like, maybe I should go over. I should have just run. I think my mother said, go home, David. You <laughs> <laughs> you uh, maybe do, you don't want to be here. If you ever do hard time and they ask you, so what are you here for, Jessica? Well, let me, let me read you my rap sheet. <laughs> then you'll never get out of there alive. <laughs> yeah, but each time I definitely got out on the boys will be boys sentence. Uh, I definitely had that attorney from Goodfellas. <laughs> Give the, the smile and the wink. Smile, yeah. Every time. Been lucky so far. And uh, as you know, you know, Bob Layton is amazing. That guy, he's so cool, right? And he he's got so you funny. and you did. So the other day he was we were talking about it because we went to dinner in Staten Island with him and his wife, you know, the DA. The one, yeah, stuff. this was yeah. like a month ago or so. Yeah. And he was saying, like, what? You had your own cell while you were in there. I'm like, no, they just put me in my own cell when you came over to see me. I was in a cell with murderers and thieves. It was horrible. <laughs> but, he, but he thought I had my own cell because they put me in to see him. They put me in my own cell. 
And then he came in with a pinstripe suit and uh, a carnation, remember? And then the guy's like, you have your own attorney? I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. I can't stop people from coming to visit me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was the senior tenant by 5 o'clock. Uh, well, uh, enough said. And we talked about that with uh, Elliot. Uh, the senior tenant? Yeah, we told we told the whole story of the yeah, senior he tenant. he was Barry Levin. He also had the famous <laughs> quote, like, I never knew how many girls you could meet uh, when you were skiing unless you had a button that said ski instructor on it. He was a fun guy. <laughs> yeah, Barrel. Yeah, nobody was ever buying that. You brought him to my 40th birthday party, though. As like, a joke. Yeah, yeah. a 30th, 30th <laughs> oh, right, birthday yeah. party. But when I saw him there, I didn't believe it. Barry! <laughs> Happy birthday, Lawrence. Um, Happy birthday, Lawrence. That was I'm a, a long time guy. ago. There were um, five sets of brothers. I believe it was five sets of brothers at that party. Can you name them? Talk about something that the audience wants to know about. Well, I mean, I just know the Maracuses. One. That's it. <laughs> you know you, you, the Nunziatas? Oh, they're all both dead, right? They both of both, them are they dead. They're both gone. Oh, they my God. Both for gone. drug stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. They were hilarious. They both were. It's sort of they a They were strange... big Goombas, but they were hilarious and sweet. They were sweet. Sweet they were, kids. They were Joe Pesci and De Niro in Raging Bull. Yeah, but yeah. But a, a notch nicer. Yeah, nicer. yeah, they yeah. They weren't all about swearing. Oh, it's too bad. Other. They were so funny. Great they were, guys. They were really great. Um, Who else was there? The Schiffmans? Oh, with both shipments? Two out of three. Well, I remember well, one of them Jeff came and in. I had to order more food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make a call. Um, and the I Danas? I oh, I was going to say, I wasn't sure. I was going to say the Danas, but I thought that was brother and sister. Mickey was there, too. Oh, I forgot about so his other brother. And maybe there wasn't another pair. I could have sworn there was another pair. Well, whatever it was, it was a fun time. His 30th birthday party, we had it. It was... It was great. Put a little event together at this bar we used to hang out in all the time. Remember it was that place? so much fun. Caliban. Long and lamented. Long well, that's why, uh, you know, when I had Vincent on the podcast, we talked about it a little bit, even though he was on with Larry. Larry Moss. You never, um, I know that you do a lot of great things for your birthday, but you were never one for a party for your birthday. That's people, not true. No, but people threw parties, but you were never one to, like, say, let's have a big party for my birthday. Oh, that's true. I guess I always want to do certain things, but then when Lee and I used to combine the birthdays, yeah, those were parties. I, I mean, yeah. but I always still consider that to be recently. That's like yeah, well, the that last is recent. Decade. Well, that Laura put those together. Yeah, um, but, but I know you were never one to have people over for a party. Yeah, I don't or know. Like, I or guess to um, cook up a storm or to. <laughs> well, I mean, you had Super Bowl things, but I, I, yeah, I yeah. don't. I think no, I never like. Well, I don't like having people over my house in party general. Wise, yeah, I mean, you, but and you, your your house was the party central. Uh yeah, but those were thematic sort of like you know parties that I think that about I wrote all off the, anyway. Um, very famous people that went through your house, you know, like comics, whether they were comics or whatever. That's true. And- Dave Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> he came in and said, and he said, "I got to go because I'm working on a uh, MTW." Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> movie I of the week. Pardon, yeah. We didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's probably looking for one right now. MOTW. What did he say? MOTW or MTW? I think it was an MTW. Oh, my God. I think it was M-O- I've seen it put in. No, MOW. 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 Movie of week. Movie of week. Or maybe it's MOTW. But he said MOW. It was three letters. There was a cadence to it. Totally forgot about that. Dave Zeus was there. Gary Delavate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I talk about that all the time that he was over. Plus, I had I always talk about I had a party on my roof where I live with Marvin for all the K Rock people. I don't There was a big radio party and everybody came because for the, I've told this story before, for the Pink Floyd. Anniversary edition. That's they were going right. to do lasers off the Empire State Building, and we were facing the wrong way. Completely. But fortunately, they were all radio people and drinkers, and nobody cared after after the disappointment. I don't <laughs> remember the radio people. I remember the well, event Russ that it was, Zapin was there and Stuttering John and like a really? lot of the Howard people. I yeah. don't even remember. Yeah, I remember. I just I bought like a six inch sub, but we had like th- forty people there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might have planned wrong. No, but I had a keg yeah. up there. 
And um, well, that's pretty much all I had. That's all you needed. Know. We were all like under thirty, so I, that seems unlike you to have, to have only a six inch sub. I know that the, a running gag and based on fact is are the parties that we've gone to. A lot of them West Coast parties where it's like, yeah, man, we're oh gonna have God. like a, we're gonna have like you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and steaks, and there's a hot dog yeah, and a hamburger and a steak. You're right. I was making fun of this. You got me because you know goddamn well <laughs> I fucking hate those goddamn parties. It makes me so angry. And then they put away the food. And yeah, well, that, I'm like, you know, classic. I could go for another hamburger now. Really? Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh that's God. No idea. And these. These, well, this was a one. Well, the girl who was putting it out is not Jewish. The guy who's Jewish from Long Island. I don't understand how he. If any Jew or Italian doesn't have food at all times ready to go, and my sister had a party yesterday, and and they had great food, and we have so much left. And uh, Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A, where you used to get the Popeyes strips. Yeah. So she get a bunch of that uh, Matt candied bacon that was delicious, mm. and we had the uh, tasty subs. Oh, those are good. Those oh, are right. really and I bought a slew of them. There was plenty to eat. You know, he didn't want a barbecue, but I'm just saying. I mean, our the one thing our dad definitely instilled with us was like there's well, he that you should always have enough food, but there's also the FHB. And that would be the, the family holdback. Oh, oh uh, naturally, the <laughs> guests have to eat first. <laughs> but you, but how do you not enjoy? That's the fun part. Figuring like, what do I need? Let me double it, and then I'll go a little mellower. Exactly. And then you know I don't you're covered. know. I don't know. People are idiots, but and I love it the comes way you from upbringing. That. Parents are idiots too. That's why. <laughs> Do you remember we talked about also the? I don't know whether me and Elliot talked about the time where you told me like I think Dave Elliot's mad at you because you called his parents idiots. Do you remember this? I, I I you're the one that told me that I think he's mad at you because you called his parents like you called his you mother like an idiot. Well, we were at the Mets game that day. Okay, and so for two for a year he was angry at me. I didn't know. And I said, when did I call his mother an idiot? And you're like, I don't know. You must have said it. And I'm like, well, maybe I said his mother's an idiot or you're an idiot. It comes from upbringing. His parents are idiots too, which is from Back to the Future. And I like Tourette say it every hour on the hour. Yeah. <laughs> so that then we were out one day and we talked about it. And he said, oh, my God, that's exactly what you said. And I said, your wife's never even met your mother. Why would I call her an idiot? And why would you even care if I called you? I don't know her. So, yeah, no, it's from Back to the Future, dummy. You know, like, I was, like, so angry that he took offense to it. I say that all the time to everybody. Well, he didn't know that, but, I mean, this is a great example of, like, you don't know what's going on on the side of another person's well, head. Well, he should know. But you make remarks to each other, well, and then you walk away. He was mad for a year that he said that I called his mother an idiot? Who well, cares? you were mad for, for five years about that horrible thing he did to your sister. I didn't know that wasn't supposed to be brought up here. Um, <laughs> we usually don't bring that up. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that was a life. I mean, truly a lifetime ago. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes we bring it up, but, uh, <laughs> and a lifetime. I think we brought it up on the. But I think, but uh, but that's. Uh, wouldn't you agree that one of the things the gestalt of you is that you say things and you're not sure how they're going to go down, and then when you find out weeks, months, years later what someone's reaction is, you're like, but it's something I mentioned on a lark. How could you be upset about that? Yep. No, you're absolutely right. That is my whole mo. Oh, I'm not getting no. the gestalt. I love saying that. Um. Sorry, I was looking for something. Oh, here it is, because I didn't want to get the sequel. I just uh, these this. clips. Is that bad? No, 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 no. That's when there's trouble. I just play this one. <laughs> it sounds like Jerry uh, Reed. It is. He's found down. Load him up and chuck it. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We got a long way to go. And a short time to get there. I'll be your family. I'll be your family. I just didn't want to play the, uh, 
because I also have Westbound and Down, and that's the one I was looking at, and I didn't want to play that. I don't one. Know, who does that? What, don't... You don't know? No, I never oh, even well, heard. Maybe you like this song then. <laughs> What are you talking about? You don't know the sequel? I, I didn't know there was a sequel. I didn't. It's the exact same song. Yeah. <laughs> Westbound and down. How many come up? Well, they say 18-wheeler rolling instead. <laughs> We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm westbound just watch your bandit run. It's pretty much the same thing, but it's west. I think it's from Smokey the Bandit 2. That's the gag. The elephant. I did not see that one. The pregnant elephant. I know that Burt Reynolds just Do you know that when we talk about this all the time, do you know that in 19... Well, okay. In 1977, when Smoking the Bandit came out... Star Wars. ...was number one. Right. Smoking the Bandit was number two. Really? Yeah. And Smoking the Bandit 2, I think in 1980... Oh, no, no. I know in 1980 it goes... Because I've done multiple podcasts on this. It goes Empire Strikes Back and 9 to 5. Wow. <laughs> Isn't wow. that unbelievable? It's unbelievable, but it's great how there were so few movies that that could happen. And, yeah, good and point, it wasn't right. a youth market. They well, it's so great when market. you look on the, um, you know, that those uh, Mojo, t- Mojo, Box Office Mojo right. stuff. Yeah. And you see now it's just all Marvel movies. It's amazing. And it's just like even when you look up um, when they change the inflation, which we like too. Yeah, still Gone with the Wind is number one, but, you know. Black Panther is creeping up. It is. I mean, it's unbelievable. Is. This is all Marvel movies. I don't know what happened. It's. Uh, I mean, there's a billion. Well, you know what excuses. the worst part is? Is like because when we were growing up, the greatest thing that could have happened was these Marvel movies. We can't believe that they make good comic book movies now. Because remember, you know that Spider-Man TV show was just yeah. okay. It was not with then, Nicholas Hammond. Well, he's my hero, oh, but yeah. of course. But no, but the whole. I mean, they were okay and Wonder Woman and stuff, but. Um, they didn't never got it right, and then Superman the movie they got right totally, but they just you know with Marvel they just couldn't get it going until I guess the technology uh, changed. No, I think and that, that was truly okay. is eighty percent. Well, of they it, always they, used they, to they, say the that the reason they couldn't do Spider Man was because he has a mask, and that will not be. Nah, but you weird. can't have an actor and a mask. Though. Well, that's what they used to say as the thing. Really. But it was probably because they didn't have the technology. Which I think is why the technology he... caught up, but now it's so A-list across the board. They have the, the top, the cream of Hollywood talent in it, and yeah. it's a it's a new world. Although there is some exhaustion going on, and this last this last influx of them weren't nearly like the rush that they were a year ago, or so they're saying. Everything is too hyper analyzed. Yeah, but. They have everything mapped out for the last three, oh, four I, years, I know. Marvel. And they still do to get to for the point. next yeah. three or four years. Well, too. now they're introducing all these younger characters because Robert Downey Jr. is done and Mark Ruffalo is done. They, yeah, and, they're, and they're also banged up. You re, you see these guys in interviews like they hurt their knees. Daniel Craig is, <laughs> oh, that's right. yeah. is, is he claims he's so banged up he can't wait to wrap it up. Well, I was going to talk about uh, Bond today because we, we love Bond. Uh, Bond was we grew up seeing Bond we, together we grew up and I uh, made the list I, I told you to make a list of well first you want to do some trivia I would love to do you have trivia <laughs> questions yeah I would love to do some of that some of them I have answers for some of them I don't and um, I, I played a little with uh, Dory the other day for the Princess Bride okay lots I'm going to ask you a couple <laughs> of questions with order and if you guess them right you're going to get an electric toothbrush it's going to be unbelievable electric toothbrush only made for the they're expensive now by the oh, way oh they are <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about I just I always try to fill it in but I always just and a bubble like turtle wax and a turtle wax and a large 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 should I do uh, uh, Dave Thomas doing Bob Hope <laughs> and uh 
and 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 then Ronald Reagan is gonna be doing. Brooke Shields will be doing. <laughs> All right, here's That's one. Uh, what make of pistol did James Bond prefer before M forced him to use his signature Walter Walter? Oh, PPK? oh, that was in the first one. They replaced his gun right. in the very first one. It gets a lot more. It's better for close encounters. Uh, I, I can't even. I can't. I can't. It's a Beretta. I should have guessed that. All right, a Beretta. Uh, I could have given you some choices. Keep your eye on the Sparrow. What was the first song from a James Bond soundtrack to get nominated for a Grammy? For Grammy. A Grammy. All right, it would be Dr. No. I'll say Goldfinger. Uh, No. Uh, The choices are You Only Live Twice by Nancy Sinatra, We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong, Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney, For Your Eyes Only, Sheena Easton, and You Know My Name, Chris Cornell. Let me go off the board and say it was uh, Louis Armstrong. We have all the time in the world. No, it's Paul McCartney. It makes sense, though. A Beatle, and it's a Grammy, uh, so that's I British. Like this question. Wow, I guess I'm really not the Bond guy that I thought I was. Okay, wait. Oh, this is a good one, because I think you know the answer to this, because I think you've told me this before. Huh. One of the iconic images from the film Goldfinger is when the technician stops the countdown on the bomb in Fort Knox, where uh, Uncle C is buried. Okay. At the time, 007. The ending time was originally different, however, and was changed at the last minute, causing a continuity issue between the shot of the clock and when Bond comics to lighter that blank more seconds and Mr. Goldfinger would have hit the jackpot. How many seconds did Bond oh say? Oh, my was on God. The clock? I told you this. I'm positive <laughs> you told me that there was the continuity thing. Where I don't remember that. I'm going to say two. I think it was three. I think I... I think it's three more seconds, and but it says seven, that. says the 007. 007, that's what made it great. Yeah, I know, and I guess they didn't think of that beforehand, and probably nobody and picked it up it until DVD. <sighs> what advertiser's logo was prominent in the shots of the aftermath of Jaws cable car crashing into the cable car station and Moonraker? Oh, I this I do remember. It was either, not Esso, it was, <laughs> a ga- was it a gas company? No, it's a soft drink. It wasn't Coke. It wasn't Pepsi. Art, Dr. Pepper? Well, you said it wasn't Coke. It wasn't Pepsi. So what? RC. <laughs> seven no. Up? Yeah, Seven Up. I, re- I remember <laughs> it comes through. The- I said you were so close. <laughs> well, did you know that um, the, when that happens, they have a drunken tourist guy? Did we talk about this? Yeah, he always stands up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in, in like three. Five oh, he's in five? I'm, I know he's in Moonraker, track. and he's definitely in The Spy Who Loved Me When the Car Comes on the Beach. And he always looking at the bottle like I gotta yeah. stop drinking. He's also in For Your Eyes Only. Um, I, I've seen him, and I it took me a while to realize it's the same dude. And I found out he was like a like an assistant director or something like that. I I think he's also in um, View to a Kill during the car chase when when Grace Jones jumps off the uh, the Eiffel Tower. Re- oh, and he's really? Driving he was even Paris. in then. And oh. yeah, he stands up with the drink. <laughs> oh, you're right. I yeah, he stands up too. with the drink. Uh, isn't that that's such a funny <laughs> thing? That sounds like something we would do. Um, they went with it for a while. How many James Bond movies featured a plot revolving around a scheme orchestrated by Spectre or its leader, Blofeld? That's a stupid question. Those number ones are dumb. I mean, but that's, you have, I mean, you have to go through 40 movies. Yeah, you got to go through them, so It's six. It doesn't matter. Um, what brand of golf ball and ball number did Goldfinger use during his golf match with Bond? Well, uh, Bond had a, here's my, yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't know. Slassinger. Oh yeah. Slassinger seven. Well, here's my, here's my (laughs) title. What is it? What is it? What does Bond say? Here's my hearts and hearts and pomps. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Hearts and Pippernels. Something like that. And I don't have the answer to this. I don't know why. I don't know where I got this goddamn quiz from. They didn't have a lot of answers. I just hoping maybe you could. Mm -hmm. 
Because this is our, one of our favorite things. When Bond was having his suit tailored in Live and Let Die, <laughs> what specification did he demand that the tailor not forget? A vent? Uh, yeah, probably the double vent. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, think was, I think it was the vent. Because yeah, you know that's our favorite line. Like, <laughs> who would want to kill me? What is it? Uh, 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 disgruntled tailors, frustrated chefs. The list is probably <laughs> the list endless. Is endless. <laughs> what was the original title of License to Kill? License revoked. That's correct. I remember that. License revoked. Which title? This is a tough one. Which? Oh, which title did Ian Fleming originally consider for Moonraker? Something with the stars. The stars and the stars are not enough. No, uh, I think it's Mondays or Hell. Clever. <laughs> well, the guy that's, wasn't on top Mr. of his Fleming. game. He wasn't. <laughs> that's when he was starting to lose it. I uh, think. Which? Oh, which Bond film was originally intended as a prequel before the idea was discarded? And it makes a little bit of sense. Was it, would it be Her uh, Majesty's Secret Service? No, it's Living Daylights. Or you were on board in the sense it was with a new bond. Like when so. you're doing something different. Yeah. Uh, the Living Daylights. In right, which films sense. does... There's two. In which films... This is a tough one. Uh-oh. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but in which films does James Bond suffer gunshot wounds? Well, in, um, in Skyfall. That's correct. And, and there's one other. Um... He doesn't. Wait, 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 give me a minute on this one. Where else does he get shot? It's Where an earlier. It's a Connery one. Um, he gets shot in Jamaica in a Thunderball. Yeah, that's exactly correct. That's because they follow the blood through the through the parade. He's got a blood trail. Oh, that's right. I forgot he gets shot. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you know, I know you'll know this one. Tiger Tanaka describes Kissy as having a face like face like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> face like a pig. What does Willard White Willard White Say upon learning that his employee, Bert Saxby, just tried to kill him. He's fired. That's right. <laughs> now, who, uh, tell me what the hell is going on, Jimmy what Dean. I can do about yeah, it. Jimmy Dean, the Sausage King. Is that right? Yeah, the guy that... It's did, really the Sausage well, King? Well, the guy that he was a country western star, but he got into sausages later on with his Jimmy Dean sausages. Oh, and uh, I know you know this one. Which Bond film features an impressive car stunt accompanied by the comedic sound of a slide whistle? <laughs> uh, I have that written down here. That's the man with the golden gun. That's right. I have that. I actually made a mention of that on my notes here. This is an interesting one, but I don't like to count it. But which Bond film contained uncredited creative input from Francis Ford Coppola? Wow. I, I really don't know that one. I'm going to go not with a good probably, one. It's probably a, 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 a Roger Moore one. I'm thinking. No, it's Never Say Never Again. So it doesn't count. Actually, yeah, he's friend, he worked with Lorenzo Semple Jr. That's right. That's what it. they said. Yeah, it was like that. That makes sense. But I, that is a legitimate Bond film, although it's fun. And of course, here's your favorite question. In the Eon produced Bond series, which so that would not count Never Say Never Again. Right. How many actors have portrayed Felix Slater? How many actors? Yeah. Jack Do Lord. You like, okay, yeah. And then you got David Hedison. Right. You got the guy in Goldfinger. Um I don't know their names. Um three. David Hedison was there for a while. I'm gonna say four. It's seven. I and you have. didn't you write an article on the inconsistencies of Felix Leiter in the Bond series? I mentioned it was a little short paragraph. Oh. I, <laughs> I well, thought you blew the lid off the case. He also changed his color in one of them. Oh, right, Jeffrey black. Wright. <laughs> yeah. That, well, he was the best one. Yeah, that's right. He was really good. I he mean, besides good. David Hedison in, uh, in Living... No, the one after License... License no, which, uh, which was to awesome. License to Kill. Uh, where he gets his uh, legs chopped off. He played Felix Leiter in three of them, I believe. No, no, no. He played a different character. That was one of the questions. He didn't play Felix Leiter... He played another character. In Live and Let Die, he's a Fel- he's Felix Leiter. In License to Kill, he's Felix Leiter. Oh, because I remember reading about and it in, just recently. Then maybe he did play another oh. one. He might have played a different character. Well, just like um, that in guy who played one. who played Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever 
was in Charles you only Gray. twice. He's the guy that gets the knife through right. the, uh, right. through the, Our the favorite Japanese thing, screen. You don't yeah. know what's happening. Like, they took him to the... <laughs> a good visual joke. Uh, and just um, last one. What was the original title Ian Fleming intended for Goldfinger? Everywhere. I don't know. The Glint of Gold? The richest man in the world. I, I wouldn't know that. Do you? I, I feel very disappointed. I really like, struck out on this. Oh, no. I disagree. Um, but looking at the list of films that we, I knew we were going to talk about them, it's remarkable. As you get older, the movies don't change, but you change, and your opinions on them change, and you and they remind you of certain times of your life. What are you talking about? Nothing. Just like looking at these films that, that like, you know, there you go. I only this twice. This is your favorite scene. Why do Chinese girls taste different <laughs> from all other girls? You think we bet? <laughs> no, just oh, different. Oh, God. Like Peking duck is different from Russian caviar. Yes, I give you long day. duck. Darling, I give oh, you no. very best duck. Well, that'd be lovely. <laughs> We've had some interesting times it's together. Times, <laughs> I'd be sorry to go. <laughs> it's, uh, isn't that great stuff? You know, I, I, I think it's I think about the Connery Bonds. And this is the time that you, you were getting, for the first time, people were seeing exotic lands they had never seen I before. Guess that's a good point, which made the Bonds so terrific. That's what made them, they, they were real travelogues. People had never seen Japan, and they yeah. had never, they might have seen the Jamaica and the Caribbean, but it's interesting that seeing behind the Iron Curtain. Well, that's what made scenes. Moonraker so great. You never got to see the moon before. I mean, it's like they took us on a journey. Or like fantastic. Star Wars, like fighting in outer space and... Uh, but you it, know, were you going to say something? Did you have something you wanted to say? In no, I was just going to say it's fascinating. You look at these films and, like, you know, you see them at a certain time in your life, and the years go by, and and that... all right. So let's let's go down. Let's go down. I made a list. I guess maybe we'll just do like the top. What do you think we should do? All right, yeah. Let's go with the let's go with the top. I took now. How many are there? Twenty two or twenty five? Twenty four. Twenty four. You sent yeah. me a list of twenty four. Okay, so let's go with our first. You go first. I know what second. your first one is. You, do you? I believe I do. All right. What do you think it is? It's Casino Royale. That's completely correct. And I know all the reasons, too, because we actually <laughs> talked about this, but I also think about it. I know I can understand it. Mine remains Goldfinger. Yeah. Uh, but we both have, uh, I think, our reasons for both of these are good. Well, like, that's the thing. And you've talked about this all the time. When somebody puts out a list, they do it to be a little controversial. Yeah, so you know, we're doing it that way. But I'm saying my favorites for my reasons. I guess if we were talking about the best of films, yeah. my list would be completely different. Yeah. Because I have number two as this fire love me. And that film's ridiculous. But that was the first Bond movie I saw. For me, it still completely holds up. I think a great um, Bond girl. Oh, yeah. So pretty. Um, an interesting, stupid villain, but fun. And I just like the whole look of it and everything about it. I thought that I Spy Love Me is in my top five. Oh, that's good. Because I thought it took all the the great parts of the big Connery movies where you have the big fights at the end with all yeah. the with the with the Blofeld army, and they brought it they brought it up to date. It was glittery, and yeah, beautiful. It looks beautiful. And Egypt and underwater, and, yeah. Uh, it was beautiful. And um, Brazil, uh, Rio. There were no Rio de Janeiro. Oh, I thought they were in oh, Egypt or something. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Egypt. And those pyramids. Yeah, the beautiful pyramids. Yeah. But it was glittery and good, and the music was good, and the the girl was great. And and at technically, Jaws was a very interesting villain until they kind of ruined it, but he, he was fun. I mean, if you're 
13 and you're going to see that movie, it's the greatest movie you've ever seen as a boy. And it came out the same year as Star Wars, you yeah. know? And they, and they sort of lightened it up. At this point, the Cold War stuff was finally out. There right. There's no more Russia. But I'm saying if, no you're, more... if that's the first one you've seen and you haven't seen the Connery ones, you probably would love it. I agree with that. You know, because Roger Moore is I what agree. we grew up on. Although you saw the Connery, your parents I did. I, introduced I did. I you to I I saw him. unbelievable yeah. shit. So. <laughs> they used to have double features there. I remember when my father took me to see Goldfinger you, uh, uh, from Rush with Love, double feature at the Fox Theater on oh, Route yeah, 1. Oh, yeah, on Route 1. Yeah, yeah that, that movie that I don't like. Double feature, we, and it was uh, and uh, first was from Russia with Love, which I liked, but then was Goldfinger, and I died. I from Russia with Love for me is totally down at the end. See, I knew that, and we talked about that. Was you just it. saw it like a year ago? For yeah, the first I hate time. it. I still don't like it. I think it's it good work Cold War me. stuff. It works for me. It is. It's just a different kind of version. It really. So, what's your number two? Number two for me is Casino Royale. Oh, great. I so, really like it. I think it's important. I have really Goldfinger's three, so we were... Yeah. Right, listen, we, we, I'm we so glad we agree. But, we, but when we came out, and we've seen all the... Uh, Most of the uh, Roger Moore's... Daniel Morris Craig together, 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 for sure. And, and a lot of the Roger Moore's. We didn't see a lot of the Pierce Brosnan. We saw a handful oh, of Oh, I didn't Morris go together. to the movies to see the Pierce Brosnan ones. I stopped. They're all the way at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, they're all the way at the bottom. <laughs> um, my favorite Pierce Brosnan one is Tomorrow Never Dies. I enjoy that one a lot. I can watch it. See, I, see, I find them all interchangeable. I know that they are, ridiculous. but if I had to choose out of that category, I like that one being the uh, World is Not Enough is the worst one maybe ever I, made. That I, However, I do have. on the flip side of that, Denise Richards is actually my favorite Bond girl. I find that hard, amazingly hard <laughs> to believe. She's so hot. She's I don't know. Though. It's she's ridiculous. Like she's wearing the shorts and the boots. That works for me. Even though the best Bond girl ever in motion picture Bond history is Ava Green. She's for she's, for she's for different reasons. For for a really good layered, uh, you know, Bond girl. Uh, you know, if you want to look at women's and Me Too and all that kind of stuff, then Ava Green is the best. Bond girl they've ever had. Well, I think I, I agree with you. And I like that, unlike some of the other tough women he's met, she's not a spy. She's a woman that works in the organization that resents this freaking spy. Yeah. Like, like, I like that she but sees But she's him. also, you know, uh, like kind of, you know, kind of is a double agent in many yeah, ways, Yeah, well, then you find out she's much more complex. And, but that she, she's like, you just cost us money. and, and you. But she's also very around. good, whereas Barbara Bach, who... I absolutely worship is just not a good actress or anything. You know, it's just no. she's just there. We know why she's there. And um Triple yeah. X reporting for duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Triple X reporting a British spy in love with remember what we talk about in the spire loving that guy's always eating. That villain is always eating. If you guys look at the spire lover, you you'll every time you see him, he's eating seafood, which <laughs> seems like he shouldn't be eating well, seafood. That's so you can see his webbed fingers. They show. Oh, I never noticed that. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, look close. Well, that he's makes so much fingers. sense. Why wouldn't they even talk about that? They do slightly because they didn't overdo it. But look at his, especially at the end when he gets the gun to shoot. Yeah, I never noticed. Table. He's got webbed oh, fingers. Oh my god! Now I cannot wait to see that again. But also sooner well, than you think, Mr. A, a British well, agent that a in Russian love agent. with a Russian spy. They're talking. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was so stupid. He's a good actor. Kurt, Kurt Jurgens. I also British like actor. that guy in Moonraker too. Like um, when Another they come thing, in with the oxygen mask, like you have to. Excuse me, I have only been in this country a short time. I don't understand British humor. As <laughs> they come in with the masks and stuff. So I was looking at this. We have this. We have a list of Bond films, and surely we could go over the top ten and yeah. and easily give them. But looking at the whole list in one page. Every one of them, even the worst ones, yeah. 
with the exception maybe of some of the Brosnan ones, because I really have yeah, to think hard because I don't have a lot of repeat. Yep. They all have something that is worth talking about. They all have a scene. Or You're or, absolutely right. That's that I could about. always, even if you do a kill, which is horrible, I can sit and watch. I can but watch the Bronson one. ones, you're completely right about. I'd prefer not to watch them, yet I sit and watch Die Another Day every time it's on. I don't know. I think I like that Miranda the Frost, the, the, the actress, the very popular, the, the one who plays the villain girl in it. In, oh, Rosamund Rose yeah. Pike. Yeah. Who's a big star now. Yeah. that's um, I like her, so. I came up I with hated a, Halle Berry in that movie, and geez. I find her attractive, but she, she looks horrible in that movie. Um, I, was coming I don't up like the, the short that. hair. That doesn't work for me. That used to be, you know, you, one day you're going to have to acknowledge that no. women of a certain age have short hair. I will hair. not <laughs> acknowledge it. <laughs> they all can't be like Sutton Foster. I know oh, that you love her. Oh, and, isn't she oh, terrific? She's dreamy. <laughs> um, I, I was coming up with a general theory, and I think, tell me what you think of this. After you had the after what's his name uh, Roger Moore, then you had the the, the two misfires because they weren't big at the box office. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we liked Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Especially remember that day when we saw the screening? To... No, of the Living Daylights. Living because Daylights, we yeah. went to see the screening of. Do you remember the trivia of what we went to see? No, actually, of the Living Daylights. Oh, I'm sorry, my mother is getting picked up by somebody. He says he's going to be there in ten minutes. He's not supposed to be there until eight. So. Hopefully everything will When be you say right. picked up, like with a car. Yeah, car okay. service. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, it was, um, I got distracted. Uh, uh, Living daylight screening. No, do you remember? You bought me there. You were working at um, MGM. Okay. Uh, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez. Stakeout. That's correct. That's yeah. what we were going to see, a preview of Stakeout. And then the guy who was the projectionist was, hey, you know, I got a copy of the new Bond movie. You guys want to get something to eat and stay? Right, I mean, that was like amazing. And then we saw the new Bond movie with just like seven people. I remember that. That the was MGM exciting. I remember. God, that was, you know, that was 85. Well, you were also there, which I talk about all the time, when in 1986, when we saw Aliens and we saw those guys the counting mall. the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, we saw a screening because Tony Bryla got correct. us in to see the screening the night before it opened. Was that the with Brunswick the staff? Square yeah, or... Brun, like in right by Rutgers. Yeah. When we used to go to the movies all the time, and where the Menlo Park Cinema, because you got us in with that guy that worked there and everything. Tony Bryla. Yeah, yeah, we had car blanche over that place. It was it wasn't that terrific. It was so great. It was a great time. So we yeah. always remember because I had sex in that theater. Remember upstairs on the. Uh... No, no, we were downstairs. I think. No, Salabi had sex upstairs. And he was blocking the image. He was on blocking the with his huge body. Yeah, yeah he, he weighs six hundred. People pounds. were telling him to get it with that look. He was blocking the screen with a silhouette, with the silhouette of his penis. And it was a kids' film. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when they had the ads, they always had an ad with popcorn. And if you counted the kernels One, of two, popcorn, three, four, five, yeah. Well, if you counted the, then you won a prize. If you could add whatever the kernels in. So we never talked about it. We just saw it in all the times we went to see the movies. So when we saw Aliens with the staff, it never occurred to us the staff would, of course, know. So it was just funny that somebody yelled out in a really loud movie, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> and we were laughing so hard. And it was like a midnight showing. It was midnight. It was and then that movie, movie just kicked ass. We were never bored for a second. It was so amazing. Still great. Holds so better than the first one, but in a different way. But Oh, yeah. Two, well, I talk about her all the time, Sigourney Weaver, and how I'm like, okay, you want to talk about Wonder Woman and empowering? Why don't you talk about this woman that did it in 1986 when it was a complete man's world? Yeah. I, I well said. Homos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So wait. I, so tell me if you agree with me about this. When, so when Brosnan came in in '95, Goldeneye, and then he made movies through 2002, 2003, four yeah. of them, I think. Yeah. Or that's maybe right. five. No, four, four, four. Um, they were not anything different 
except maybe more lavishly produced than the Roger Moore ones. I agree. There was yeah, no, no it had, change. No, not at all. They all they also. Um, I mean, they went as far as the invisible car. I mean, yeah, it was all it, gadgets. It, it and really got and, and the way Roger Moore nothing, had it. He brought nothing special. But Timothy to Dalton it. changed it. Like they made it more yeah. fun and interesting and more Daniel Craig like. But they went to the Brosnan ones, which weren't. Super duper box office performers, but they, Timothy they Dalton. Well. I thought they did do. They did really well, good. but they weren't. They didn't break like, records for some like reason. That. I think Die Another Day made the most money, really? or was it Goldeneye? One of those. Well, I know Goldeneye was the first. Yeah, of- but um, I think Die Another Day made a lot of money. But remember, with Timothy Dalton, the they had the uh, lawsuit, and that's the only reason he didn't do a third one because yeah, he couldn't wait up. around. It got bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, oh, so I know you've heard this, but I can listen to this a hundred times. Drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated. A bit like, you know, James Bond ordering a martini. I'd like a... Like a martini shaker. <laughs> He's catching the best. I want it now. <laughs> just don't don't stop. make me wait. Know, that's I'll the best. have a vodka martini shaker. <laughs> They're just trying to outdo each other. I'll have a vodka martini shaker. I'll have a vodka. I'll have a vodka. You're very worried. Uh, so do you. No. You should take a look at your face. I'll have a vodka martini shake, not stand. <laughs> you look like you're recovering from a stroke and learning how to get mobility again. I'd, uh, I'd like a vodka martini shake, not stand. I can feel my legs. It's a miracle. <laughs> I'd like a vodka martini shake, not stand. Now he's doing Roger Moore. I'd like a vodka martini <laughs> They're switching. Not stand. Tam Tam, Mr. Bond. <laughs> Would you like just as much pleasure from killing as I do? I'm coming, Mr. Barton. Do you get dressed enough dressed for killing us? I'm just saying that bit. All right, no, I'm just saying, just don't, I can't get to it, trying to do it real. Come on, Mr. Bond. Shut up, don't tell me how to act. Uh, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You yeah, know. So the volume you down. are widely regarded as the king of understatement. <laughs> no, I don't do like this. Come, come, Mr. Bond, do you get dressed as much as. Come, come, Try and get the lines right. Oh, right. <laughs> As a rule, it's okay. more effective if you okay. don't okay. Okay. But I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Ah, was the worst. All right, okay, all right, this is, this, is it, this is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. I like when he takes a sip of his drink. Fucking and he, yeah. No, you went up at the end, like you, yes. like you watch Australian films. You see what soaps. I did on my face? Come, come, Mr. Bond, you get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill the Queen and Country. Though I admit, killing you. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much. If it's Pierce Brosnan, he'd say, "When I kill, I kill." My name is Bond, James Bond. When I kill, I kill. It's good, right? It's amazing. Wouldn't be a pleasure. You know, I've never liked artichokes. And there's nothing. Yeah, Hi. Look, Liam Neeson. Hi. Look, if you let her go, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> but if you don't, I will hunt you down. Who doesn't like this? I will movie? find you. It's like unbelievable. And I will kill you. Liam Neeson. I do this for a living. If you let her go now, that'll be. If you let her go now, that'll, that'll be the end of it. One man. <laughs> but if you don't, I do this for a living. I will hunt you down. I will find you. What was his job? And I will kill you. What did he do for a living? I mean, with the supply teacher. No, <laughs> I do this for a living. Now get out your textbooks. <laughs> this is the uh, the real one, I think. You live well, Scaramanga. As a million dollars a contract, I can afford to, Mister Bond. You work for peanuts. 
A hearty well done. These guys are better. Yeah, they're better. (laughs) Yeah. After that, we are the same. They are. To us, Mr. Bond. We are the best. We are the best. There's a useful four-letter word, and you're full of it. When I kill, it's on the specific orders of my government. And those I kill are themselves killers. Come, come, Mr. Bond, you disappoint me. You get as much fulfillment out of killing as I do, so why don't you admit it? I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You should have done that when you first saw me. But then, of course, the English don't consider it sporting to kill in cold blood, do they? Don't count on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun little movie. I like that one. Oh, well, here's... um, I found this little tidbit in it. Um, Listen, and then I'll tell you what happens later. I don't know whether I told you this. Sorry about that, darling. I taped it off It was hit. There's still no sign of high fat. Every inquiry gets a polite oriental brush off. With the compliments. Foo, yuck. <laughs> 74, sir. <laughs> I approve. You do? Well, not the wine. Your frock. This is your frock. But, um, foo yuck. But I foo the... yuck. So the waiter brings over the wine, which is foo yuck, which God knows what that is. Siamese wine, he says, or something like that. Well, we just said it. I don't think he said that. Actually, that's another part of it. <laughs> Siamese vodka. So, there's another one. Foo yuck, when he's, you know, and he's a wine connoisseur. Uh-huh. And he says, foo yuck. So, but the best part is, and I don't know whether you noticed this before, but the best part is he strikes out that night with the, the Countess, I guess, or something. Remember, um, He's or no, he was gonna have sex with Brett Eakland, but then she uh, says she goes away. I thought there was gonna be moments like this, and then she walks away. Yeah, she yeah. walks away to try and say like, "Oh, I have the upper hand," but then it turns out she's in his hotel room. Right. But he thinks that he's just struck out and he's not gonna have sex tonight, and he just goes to his hotel room like all of us guys do, talking to himself. Do you remember this? He puts his keys down, takes his jacket off. He's like, fooey. He's still angry about the wine. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite scenes I never knew existed. Oh, my God. I, I don't remember. This, I, 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 Why would nobody even remember that? It's just like one of those things I look for where I tape right off the TV when I see it. Like, um, wait, where's the. Um, oh, I know what it is. Uh, oh, I have that other one. Uh, under here. Yeah. <laughs> so the same movie. If you got your little pointy heads out of them, <laughs> you wouldn't be late for work. There's James. That's right. He just died. Yes, he did this year. And then, of course, there's this one. Nice ripe old age. Well, times have changed, haven't they? Why, you don't think they could do that in a movie today? Oh, sure. Hey, you pointy head bastard. (laughs) Why don't you knock it off? Oh, Oh, isn't that great? I still like to, just like the way I like to call colored people, I want to start calling Asian people pointy head 
pointy head. <laughs> hey, you dumb pointy head. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Um, um, well, yeah, I can. No, I do it at my uh, job all the time. Every uh, I was reading about some uh, some high end uh, uh, Tibetan Buddhist monk that's getting like was predatory sexually. And, For real? Yeah. This oh, is I thought you were doing a line from Stripes. No, I've never <laughs> seen a monk. At, oh, that was actually Bill Murray. <laughs> Have you ever seen a monk get wildly fucked by a bunch of teenage girls? Wasn't it the line? Damn, I don't remember that at all. Something like that. That one I don't remember. It's amazing how these, uh, yeah, them, that the dems the times. Um, um, I'm glad you agree with me though about the Brosnans are really. Oh yeah, I think stuff. everybody agrees with that. I mean, unless you've grown up. With but it's stuff. worse than even saying ELP. Welcome back. Yeah, I know you went to see them, right? I saw, <laughs> I saw the Carl Palmer Legacy Show. <laughs> I was. You I, said I, it was horrible, right? Well, I, it was more a little sad, a little interesting. But I'm proud to say that I was the thinnest and youngest guy there. Well, that's something. <laughs> and that's saying something. It's you telling me. Uh, um, but he's been doing this for two, three years. And, and he's the only one left, right? Yeah. Out of Emerson, now, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah. But he's been doing this show for three years, and now he's continuing now that they both died. I thought he just started doing it after they died. I think the best part of them is the keyboard, so if you don't have that guy. Yeah, well, that's Emerson. And Lake is the vocal, so now he uh, just does interpretation <laughs> of the song with no vocals. Is that right? Yeah. That's ridiculous. They're all instrumentals. But was it don't crowded make, where you were? Like two, three hundred people. Oh, where was it? It was at the, Radio City? <laughs> the Sony Theater. Oh, on 54th Street? Or? No, no, no. On 46th, very west. So Not theater, Sony, not arena. The Sony Playhouse, uh, a new Sony thing that looks sort of like a mini, uh, like a mini Irving Plaza. Well, the only thing I wanted to talk about, um, just I'm just going off um, stuff. Uh, we were talking about Harlan Ellison, who just died. Yeah, the great one, the great. You Harlan were the Ellison. one that got me into him because he, um, you know, uh, wrote "The City on the Edge of Forever," the greatest Star Trek. In fact, they, I believe, they say, um, I think I have it here. Ella. Uh, Ellison, we know, and you've mentioned that this guy was a major tool. Like he just yeah, hated he was, every, he, he was yeah. so angry. He was a very bitter guy. Ellison repeatedly criticized how Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry rewrote his original script. Despite his objections, Ellison kept his own name on the shooting script instead of this cordwainer bird, who apparently he used to do. But um, wait, where was the? Uh, I wait. I gotta. I want to get the right one. Uh, where did I see it? Oh, Ellison's screenplay for the Star Trek episode has been considered the best of the 79 episodes in the series. Yeah, that's number one. Yeah, that's generally the truth. The way you used to say it, which uh, was a great way to say it. And I try and turn people on to that a lot because of the episode. So fascinating. That's so interesting. And when people love time travel stuff, Uh you want to see like one of the first ones that is so cool. And they jammed it all into like 46 minutes, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to say that you always say is they jam all that into 46 minutes. I mean, the way it even starts, they don't even get into the meat of the thing for the first 10, no, yeah. 15 well, minutes. After the second uh, break is when they McCoy jumps through. Yeah. And they jump through it like 20 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, in, and then they got about 20 minutes to resolve it. Yeah. And then, it's fascinating. Although they come back, and there's 60 seconds, and it's done. They jump back through. They say, yeah. time has resolved itself. All, all is, you know is back to right, Let um, me be your guide. Uh, but I just found out. I don't know whether you. I mean, I know he did a lot of writing in his uh, day. But did you know he wrote this? <laughs> yeah, he wrote an episode of The Flying Nun. Really, <laughs> <laughs> this great man who wrote the best Star Trek episode of all time. But it kind of makes sense. It's still it's fantastic. Supernatural yeah. science fiction stuff. You know, but 
it's really not that big a science fiction. I mean, she was only 90 pounds, and if the wind and was the going wind, the, right the, way, the right way, yeah, that was her, it would explain. move her habit around. But the, the question is, how did the habit not fly off? She would hold it at first, but then she'd just be flying around. She had her hand on her head. Yeah, <laughs> just at first, but then once she was up in the air, she didn't seem to. She just knew, needed her arms to fly. You know, he was a grumpy guy. And oh, he that's, that's play, she, you know, they had the slide whistle in there while she that turned was, around. I thought that was me. Yeah, she was, was on a seesaw. And there's that dog chasing. Oh, no, she's walking the dog, but getting lifted in the That's air. Right. Yeah. And she's holding on to her Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this woman won two Oscars. That's where you realize you're a really good actress because you. in that day and age when TV people were laughed at, the thing that helped her, we talk about it a lot, smoking the bandit and meeting oh, yeah. Burt Reynolds. And, that and changed her whole career don't around. Forget. She was also I know. Amazing. So she was television doomed. Dear- Let alone we even played, get this. We just played this last week. You're not going to believe this. She was also in The Girl with Something Extra, an ESP TV show with John Davidson. Yes, hold on. That's. Oh, no, you know what? I had that. um... I took that off the thing. Yeah, we played that clip. The Girl with Something Extra. Oh, really? Yeah, we (laughs) played it last week because um, it's horrible. And and we played like the first clip and the theme, and it's just so bad. And the fact that this woman was able to. Get, I mean, back in the day when they were poo-pooing TV people, they, they couldn't make it in the movies. Um, I mean, wow. She really taught everybody a lesson I in respect. They, I don't think they thought sexy for move, for TV. TV wasn't sexy. And well, that's the other thing. The TV, fact that she got they sexy, somebody like her. Yeah, up, yeah, and that's actually. what he said. He goes, what about her? She could be cool, you know, and yeah. they were sleeping together too. But, um, yeah, so Harlan Ellison's episode... Uh, the the premise it's called you can't get there from here. Sister Betrill, Carlos, and a girl are trapped on a deserted island. That's the premise, and it's also a clip show. It, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess they're waiting. They're bored. They're just they're, they're talking about. Well, old, do you remember the stories. time that uh, well, the other sister told me that I shouldn't be flying anymore? Oh, yes, I God. do. <laughs> yeah, he Sister like Betrill. Yes. Sister Betrill. But they had a kind of a love, like a love interest, but. You, you could never go anywhere because she's she's a sister. So unless she leaves the ha- the whatever they call that the convent, Jews trying yeah. to. But was that were they a love interest? That he was like the local, well, was he like a ruffian, like a con artist? Yeah, or a he bar was kind. Of, well, he was. I think he was like a troublemaker, like a crafty guy. But yeah. he also like ran an orphanage, I think, or something like he did. Some, My kind of troublemaker. He did some good, but he was he was an exciting man. That it was funny. He would just hang around all these kind of hot nuns. Uh, you know, hoping something would happen, I guess. In 1966, an article that Esquire magazine would later name as the best magazine piece ever written. Frank Sinatra. The, that's right. The journalist Gay Talese wrote about the goings-on around Frank Sinatra. The article entitled Frank cold. Sinatra Has a Cold. Briefly, I can't believe you know all this. Well, this is famous. This is well-known magazine. This is the most famous magazine article of all time. Because oh. Sinatra... I'll let you go. I'm sorry. But I don't I don't know, it briefly you. describes a clash between the young... I'm just wiping my brow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlan Ellison and Frank Sinatra when the crooner took exception to Har- Ellison's boots during a billiards game. Well, do you know more? I don't know. I know about the, the story of the article is that Gay Talese was a big writer of, of his day. His wife was <laughs> Nan, Nan Talese. Oh, he had a, a wife? Editor. Wait, he yeah. wasn't... And they are both still alive, I believe. Oh. But he... It was... Gay remember, this was also the era of magazines doing good... Yeah, good investigative pieces, and they wanted him to do a cover story on Sinatra, and Sinatra was in classic Sinatra mode, 
and he had a cold that week, and he was tough the entire time. He wouldn't cooperate. He, I'll meet you here for 10 minutes. We'll meet you here for five minutes. I don't want you backstage. All right, come backstage. He was a ball buster the whole way. And in the middle of doing this piece, Gay Talese realized <laughs> it's not about Sinatra. It's about the world of Sinatra and, like, the intimidation that he does. And the whole world's got to be fearful because Frank Sinatra has a cold. So the whole article became about how Sinatra's having a cold affects so many people around him. Wow. His, his people are nervous. Is Frank going to be all right with this soup? You know, should we let this guy in? Are there the right kind so of So that's girls? why, why would Harlan Ellison want to hang out with him that day? That's a great question. I mean, question. this guy, the next thing is, <laughs> Ellison was hired as a writer for Walt Disney Studios, but was fired on his first day after Roy Disney overheard him in the studio commissary, joking about making a pornograph- pornographic animated film featuring Disney characters. <laughs> we, we still make jokes about that. I know, but it's just funny that he... Uh, was just such a troublemaker, and he was just so horrible. But the interesting thing um, that he also sued, did he sue James Cameron? Was that what it yeah, was? and it was settled out of court, but part of the settlement was you have to acknowledge me in the credits of your film. Which he did, right? He so did. In, in an the, Outer in Limits pre- episode uh, called Soldier. Correct. Which Harlan Ellison wrote, this guy just had nothing but trouble. Um, it's funny, I've never seen the episode, but I watched it, the other day on YouTube, and did it, you really? Yeah, and we'll actually have some clean some things where I think they combined them together. You can see, born to be a killer. Yes, that's the point. He was born to be a killer. He was trained to be a killer. And they, they think it's a guy from space that's come down. They think, but it's actually from the, from future, the future. You find out, right. and that's what they're talking about. This guy. And if he hadn't found his way into our time, he'd die a killer. But Paul. He doesn't hate. He doesn't understand hate or love or compassion. Never switch. It's not your job to teach them what they mean. Just let me come. Listen and understand that Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever. Until you are dead. Then they go back, I think. That's great. But Paul, he doesn't hate. They just put it together. He doesn't person. understand hate. Or love. Or compassion. It doesn't feel pity. Or remorse. <laughs> or fear. I, I just, I, that's it. You know, there's a lot of things. Plus, the opening, or when he tells the story, has him having a laser fight in the future. And that's how he gets brought back. Just really? like the opening scene from... The Terminator, or when they show later, when how it is yeah, the apocalyptic. Starts, yeah. uh, I mean, there, and there's no way James Cameron wasn't watching well, the Outer Cameron Limits. Acknowledged that he grew up loving science fiction. Yeah, I think the big anger thing that Harlan Ellison was experiencing, and I don't know the man, but I, I got to imagine he's like, "Come on, give me a little. I'm not here to like destroy your life, but come on, you're a science fiction fan. I did this. Acknowledge it." Yeah, and he they, said. He said uh, Ellison alleged that he drew material from an episode, uh, and then they right they settled out of court. Cameron objected to this acknowledgement and has since labeled Ellison's claim a nuisance. A nuisance. <laughs> I love that. Ellison publicly referred to the Terminator as a pretty good film. <laughs> That's exactly what I. You know what? That was not bad. But it's acknowledged, like based, inspired by the works of Harlan. Some Ellison. accounts of the settlement state that. Another Outer Limits episode written by Ellison called Demon with a Glass Hand was also claimed to have been plagiarized by the film. 
But Ellison explicitly stated that Terminator was not stolen from Demon with a Glass Hand. It was ripped off my other Outer Limits script, Soldier. He made it very clear. The guy was so angry. And then um, that movie In Time, I think that's with Justin Timberlake, right? Um, I like that one. Yeah, and Amanda Seyfried, yeah. Yeah, right, right. And that was written by Andrew Nicole, another big sci-fi guy. Who he also did Gattaca. He also did Sim One, Simone. Oh, right, with Al Pacino. Yeah, that and one? the robot. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, which Ellison contended plagiarized his story. Repent, Harlequin said the TikTok man. First that's published a, in That's 65. a famous one. That's a very famous one, actually. The a famous... big Harlan Ellison story. Oh, like just a story, or was yeah, it a TV short stories? Show? He wrote hundreds and hundreds of yeah, stories. Kind he was, of interesting. He was one of those machines. Did he? Did they say? Did Cameron claim? Or did Ellison claim that they ripped off his his story, The Clerminator, which could have been a giveaway, right? You're there. just joking. I am joking. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I think it's wild that like everyone takes from everyone, and it's nothing wrong with saying, "Yeah, well, I did a time travel story too, and I got a lot from this guy's story." I think it was that he wasn't being acknowledged that pissed him off the most. Uh, yeah, of course, of that course, was, that would work for it me wasn't too. Wasn't even the money. I uh, think it was probably just... the la- one of the last thing I want to talk about because I know you were like a huge fan. Um, they were just talking about it. it's the 35th anniversary. You ready to feel old? I, wait, 35 years ago would have been... Really? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. 35 years. 35 years. That makes her how old? <laughs> like 59? About 70, 75. <laughs> really? I don't add well. Did it. And they were talking about the, I know you are, you always were. Yeah. And they were just talking about how this got off the ground and how many people they bought it to. They bought it, I think I have it in my notes, they bought it to Mary Wilson from the Supremes. Sure. Uh, and the, nobody wanted it. And that's, that's always a fascinating yeah. story. Well, then Seymour the Stein, is, nice Jewish record owner, said this Yeah, it was Jellybean Benitez yeah, that she DJ was dating and stuff, yeah. which was smart on her part. Danceteria. They used to hang out at Danceteria. Yeah. I'll always, she'll always be, um, and this is a great example of it, the synthesized bass. Yeah, that you always said that. Thing. But think about it. Before. But also, they were talking about, like, many people when this was played thought she was black. Yeah. Was, she probably does more singing now. Think about like yeah. this is such a washed all synthesized the yeah. thing. Yeah, but it was fun stuff. It was so not complicated, and you didn't have to listen hard to get the lyric. Am, yeah. I, am I an old man? I'm an no, old man. no. You're completely. I was right. reading an article on Kendrick Lamar, who I know him, but I don't know his music that well. But I was just reading his lyrics, which are great. But damn, we've come a long way. I mean, this is like we love. Let's dance. My love. friend um, opens for him sometimes as Donald Trump. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, because he has that song "Fuck Donald Trump." Yeah, I think. that guy. You talk, yeah, guy, that guy is on my shows, show. Bob DePono. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets booed off stage all but the he time. Got, he opens for Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, there's a resume thing for you. And he goes, uh, you know, there's more people here than at a KKK rally, and they're just booing and booing. <laughs> I think they really think it's. I think he must know, but who knows? And then he just says that um, he, he he really wants to stop. The money's really good, but um, he has to travel on the bus with his entourage, and he, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Wow. They're all his friends from Compton. He grew up his all his homies are his uh, are his support team. That's always the way it works. Yeah, I but guess. he made them all millionaires. I was just reading about him in uh, Esquire. There, see, it all comes around. Esquire. I just read about him. Um, wait, there's something that uh, I was uh, was it this song? I, I want to. Is ELP again? No, I know it's ELP, but it was there was something where I heard the first note, and I, I don't remember what I was playing. And uh, it just completely <laughs> revived. Sometimes I'll hear a note. Bah. That piano chord. <laughs> <laughs> 
that would be the perfect name I tune thing for you. Well, how about the uh, the Mike Royce? You know, he does. Uh, with, now he does the Latino, Machado, the yeah. Latino version, which is beloved. People love it. But here's the theme song to that. They, they, I think this it's racist. It's Gloria Estefan. Gloria Estefan. Is this Gloria? Yeah. We've been growing up watching one day at a time. It's great. I'll put on the audio. Turn over one day at a time. One day at a time. Has there been anyone from the old series have a cameo or a walk-on or anything? I know it's not the same family, but well, um, I can't imagine Bonnie Franklin popped in. Sir, no, no uh, but rest in peace, Sir Rita Moreno. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think anybody's popped in. You know who is Schneider? It's going to be really tough, but that's the fun. <laughs> on and on and on you stumble on towards the evening sun. Wait till I tell you what it is. You're going to die. It's hilarious. You stare right through her. I wonder if any of my listeners know what this on is yet. Is this a musical? Is this a Broadway musical? Embrace in shadow but it's a trick question. Offers nothing. Still, she draws you ever to her. In the heights? No, no. You'll never get it. On and on <laughs> and on you stumble. Rent? No. Towards no. the same tarp. Turn a blind eye fight. If this was in rent, rent would not be popular. <laughs> they would raise the rent. This is from This is from Groundhog Day the musical and it's the slow Ned Ryerson song. <laughs> How could you think I wouldn't have gotten that? <laughs> but it's Ned Ryerson, it's Stephen Tobolowski. I played this uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, here I am again. The pretty but naive one. This is why the show closed. Giggly one night stand. Whose song is, is this? It my destiny to be. Can you guess? A brief diversion. Groundhog Day the musical. Yes. Just a detour on the journey of some man. The woman that hooks up with Bill Murray. That Not that, that he really keeps on the hot one that he. Nancy. Yes. Nancy Taylor. That's that her. I can well done. You figured it out from the lyrics. I just drop by myself. I stop by for a minute. And this is why the show closed within a week. You this is why the, the curtain rose at eight and the audience rose at eight oh five. I heard the show was watchable. No, the guy in it, Andrew Carr's good. You know, you've seen him in a yeah, bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, I saw so, him. So, but why are we giving Nancy Taylor a slow song? Why are we giving Ned Ryerson a song about his wife dying or whatever? What is this necessary? No. They're missing no, the comedy a, yeah. of what it is. Was were there belly laughs? Was it was 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 it sensitive? Did you really feel it in your gut at any point? Not at all. I was Not just angry. Close. I was angry. I don't know. Maybe other people were feeling it, but I'm like, I don't want to see a, a, a sad song about Ned Ryerson. It's already his whole life is sad anyway. I don't want to reflect on how well, sad a so traveling a insurance salesman <laughs> is. Uh, did you know we were just um, you know I had that Harold Ramis's daughter on right? She told me that the 
uh, Groundhog Day was supposed to open with him punching Ned Ryerson, and then they were going to go backwards and tell the story of how that happened. How it leads to the punch. Yeah. That's You're probably wondering idea. why I'm punching this guy in the face. And That's then, not bad. Yeah, but it's cool that Howard Ramos really goes, no, let's let's just tell the story and have people figure it out for themselves. I like it. That I, I think it's a flawless script. It's I do, too. It's That's perfect. what I told her. I said, I'm and, the, and it takes you time to, before you really get it all. Like, yeah. And you, you don't understand the rules of the repetition. It takes time yeah. before you realize. Yeah, plus we were talking about that... Um, you know how they were talking about should what is it what how did this happen should we say it's a gypsy curse it's right yeah they, you know this loop they and they were like no let's just let people figure it out for themselves and which that, makes the movie completely really spiritual it's and, all about what you don't put in it's yeah it does make it spiritual and i love the fact that you never know how long yeah i always like to base on the fact he becomes a perfect piano player i have right that's that an excellent point months maybe years well i believe <laughs> harold ramus later had said or the writer who you know Danny Munchen, maybe? No, yeah. no, that's the guy Munchen who wrote the music. Um, I don't know. Danny Meyer, maybe. No, that's the guy who owns uh, Shake Shack. Correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whoever wrote this uh, movie, I one of them said he believes it was 40 years. 40 years. That's what I've heard. Everybody has a theory, but that's what I think he's saying. I, I thought maybe I even saw I, I, I like that there really is no answer. Like, he knows where every honk is. He knows that, like, when the wind is coming. He knows. It, yeah. And so, years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, years. But you were saying months, right? It's probably I, just I, years. At first, yeah. it was months until I realized the piano. The piano always makes it mean you can't and that's, do that I mean, stuff so just a, that's the thing. And that's why I was telling her. And I was like, you know, in another person's hands, that movie goes nowhere. You you have a not competent director with stuff where you have to keep going back and know exactly when to go back enough where it's not going to be dull. Yeah. You know, like in that scene where he's like, um, let's drink to the ground. You know, it's like a, a sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist, you know. Like. <laughs> that, that's my drink. Uh, really? I, I right. When they both piece. look at each other and he's so, oh, isn't he and brilliant? And when to do a monta, when to do it like that, when to keep Exactly, repeating, exactly. Repeating, repeating, I mean. No, that, that one's. Uh, so you got to figure that out. Also, you you need, uh, who did he want to, he wanted to put Tom Hanks in it. That's what she really? told me. That could have worked. Uh, yeah, and he was. I think he just came off winning for Philadelphia, oh, so um, it would have been good. But he said he doesn't want to play a character where he's mean. I think because uh, at the beginning, Bill Murray's not very he's, nice. Yeah, but I figured that's is that what an actor wants to do? Yeah, like, that's he, why he I questioned uh, her even saying that. I don't know why he wouldn't want to do it. I don't know why he didn't ask Bill Murray first because they've been working together so long, and they only fell off on this movie, right? And they and they did. Yeah, um, yeah, they yeah. Really did. I think it's why Tom Hanks. When he did his one bad role, he was the assassin in that graphic novel, the one with young Daniel Craig. Oh, and no Tom idea what you're talking Sam about. Sam Mendes directed it. Oh, you know it. It's no, where I don't. He was, it was a it was a graphic novel, and he plays a hitman I with a mustache no with a trench coat. Not but, Sin City. No, 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 no. I forgot what it was called. You'll want you look it up, and you can find it. I don't believe I'm forgetting what it's called. It was big. It I was don't from Sam Mendes it's right after American Beauty, so it was high. Kind profile. of an embarrassment that you don't know. I didn't want to say anything. This is an eye embarrassment. But he made such a big thing of saying my first heavy role. I just played this uh, uh, for Dory before. Hundred dollars worth of beer. Uh, well, like when we first came in, uh, the bar lady never charged <laughs> us for the first round, so like we figured, no. you know, beer was that, like complimentary exactly. for the band, you know. No, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> we say that all the time. No, no, no. I love that. It sounds like John Hillerman in What's Up Doc when when he destroys the hotel room. Ryan O'Neill and John Hillerman comes oh, in. Oh, right. Can I stay. No. <laughs> That's oh god, he was brilliant in that. Yeah. Oh my god, it was Artie mm, no. Lang. Yeah, was um, uh, 
he was making his mother laugh so hard doing the entire dialogue of the judge in What's Up Doc. Oh, Liam. Uh, he did the Liam entire Dunn. dialogue. <laughs> like, it's like, um, see this little pill? This little pill reminds me to take this little pill. Like, it, it, while he was in the hospital bed, while we went to see him, his mother was dying. He was laughing. So It was so funny. He just knew the entire dialogue. Of, well. What's Up Doc? Yeah, it's a, so a lot of dialogue, actually. It's a lot of this talk. This little pill reminds me to take this little pill. And this little blue pill over here. He knew the whole thing. It went on for hours. It was Let's amazing. Skip this part two. <laughs> He's really good in that. Liam Dunn. Well, that calls for our time is over. <laughs> our time is drawing to an end, and I knew you would like this song. This since, is the, uh, the Nightfly. Your your name's well. Thing. Yeah, that's right. That's How right. How long we do? we've long been speaking for? Like an hour plus. Hour and a half, yeah. Time does fly. When it does. Do this, and uh, I usually talk for about an hour twenty, hour thirty, something oh, that's great. normal. So, um, and uh, oh, this, and this is such a classy adult way, like adult easy listening. Well, it's funny. Everybody knows my mood depending on what I open or close with. Like people that listen all the time, uh-huh. you know. Like sometimes I'll open with um, Billy Idol eyes without a face or something because it's like serious, and I'm like, all right, let's get this. Yeah, that one theme that went for a couple years that I was waiting to hear that. yeah, I stopped. It just wasn't. It wasn't working for me anymore. Right, you got to take I, a break. You have to change. And now I've been enjoying the uh, Rick Ocasek. The cars uh, give me some slack as the opening. So uh, I your listeners feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> give me some slack. But yeah, no, I like that. And uh, sometimes I'll end with uh, ELO turned to stone and stuff. Oh, that's good. That's rousing. because that's you were fun. here today. Well, I found like a karaoke version, and then I clip on the the end of. But because you were here today, I ended with the Donald Fagan. Oh, that's very nice. End. Thank you. This well, is I live. this is easy going. You were the first one to realize that this song, this is from a movie soundtrack. Correct. Uh, was terrific. Right, and like probably specific. could have been on the Night Fly album, I guess. It sounds just like it. Yeah. Uh, but this, this is the this Michael is, J. Fox movie, right? Yeah, this is Bright Lights, Big, Bright City. Lights Big City. And yeah. it's also about love, like in the late 90s, where, yeah, be careful. Don't, don't. Right, late around. 90s. It's called Century's End, right? Yep. So, but, but wasn't it made in the 80s? or? Um, yeah, but. The Did movie it take place in the future? The, the movie came out. No, the movie came out in. 9091. Oh, it did? Mhm. 90. Oh. Let's say Why? You mean they made it and then it came out much later? No, no, the song was in with his wife Tracy Pollen, right? Yeah, but it's the 90s. The oh, 90s. right, I see your point. Right, right. Duh. I mean, it's not the 50s. Okay. <laughs> right, it's not 1999, right, right. No. But it's uh centuries and and sometimes you like want to walk around New York City with this playing in the background. I you love know? all Donald Fagan. Yeah, yeah, all the, Well, that's what I was thinking. I can't believe nobody's made a movie with just Steely Dan stuff in the background of like a nice New York picture. Not you, because that's the thing. As a movie maker, you can choose how to make your city look. That's true. By the music true. and the shots that you take, because we could definitely make a, a disgusting. You know, when we would just shoot like Not East Village or something, There's even though it's nice and one of the now. Pirelli Brothers movies, the one that Sarah was in. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. With the, the de- with Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Yeah. It's all Steely Dan songs. Is that right? As done with by different artists. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, which that's is a... actually more frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. Right, they, they wasted it on that yeah. one. Yeah, that was with Chris Klein as well. Chris Klein and, and Heather Graham. I think. And was Sarah what... blowing somebody in a hot tub in that I'm one? I'm not at liberty to talk about that. <laughs> but uh, I believe she was. Yeah, and she comes up for air. Well, we just yeah. assumed she would be blowing somebody. Yeah, but yeah, she's so. come a long way, obviously. Yeah. Has she? <laughs> um, but anyway, folks, uh, Lawrence, thank you so much for joining me. Now, you're cooking a major here. meal right now. We're going to eat. Like, We're going to dine grandly. I have yeah. it all. It's all about the time. I know I'm because ready. now you have a place with a barbecue, and it's great. I'm very much looking forward gonna, to it. Thank you so much. Like it's the, very thank exciting. Thank you for the invite. I was thrilled to be. This was yeah, good stuff. It's man. exciting. Really your house. I would say the only thing is get central air. 
Uh, <laughs> you and me both. Well, I would like to get Central Air. I would go to a place that had Central Air and just move there. It should be tied but, directly um, to rent. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun looking out the window and watching people go by because you're on the ground floor and it's super fun. And uh, just thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I thank you for the invitation, uh, even though you came here. And uh, folks, uh, thank you very much for listening. And of course, we'll see you next time on the Night Fly with Dave Jeskow. Good night, everybody. Which means look. Love in the city, and such a race Dumb love.